I'm Sally Kirkman from sallykirkman.com and I'm here with my friend and fellow astrologer Christina Rodenbeck from oxfordastrologer.com and we're here to talk to you about the astrology of the month ahead. This is our regular monthly podcast and just a reminder that we've got a new podcast out, Astrology Talk Investigate, that comes out on the 8th of the month and they're little short snippets investigating different things. We did the Bastille Day last month. We've got swindlers coming up. We've got Keanu Reeves coming up. So please do take a listen to those as well. But here we are. How are we doing, Christina? Well, um, I mean, we're into, we haven't quite started with our Venus retrograde, have we? But I'm feeling that very strongly. Hmm. The Venus retrograde coming up in Leo. Um, cause we're in the shadow of that and I'm, you know, it's good and bad. Um, yeah, I, it's been quite an interesting month, hasn't it? That mm-hmm. we're just emerging from, um, mm-hmm. just yeah. before we started the podcast, we were talking about water. Yep. We were. Um, the events in water, the watery events, mm-hmm. uh, and including, you know, because of the, uh, Saturn turning retrograde. And uh, Neptune being in Pisces, both of these uh, big planets being in Pisces, seems to have had quite a big effect last month, hasn't it? Mm, particularly when they turned retrograde, both planets turned retrograde. I mean, the uh, coinciding with Saturn turning retrograde in Pisces, it was the, um, you know, that submarine that was going down to see the Titanic. I think it was called a submarine anyway, a little tiny capsule, it looked like, which tragically got lost, exploded and was headline news i mean that saturn in pisces just sort of i kind of when i saw it it disappeared i thought this doesn't look good you know saturn turning retrograde in pisces it's just being almost pulled down to the bottom it's not gonna you know it's not going to emerge um so so yeah and that you know there's that also a few days before there was the awful refugee ship that capsized um which was just you know not headline news was it but i think probably they think there was 500 people died in that it was a disgraceful example of um late stage capitalism wasn't it with all this hoo-ha about some people who'd been going to look at the wreck of the titanic in a little pod called the titan yeah titanic is like enormousness isn't it and mm-hmm. you know neptune in pisces where it's been for a long time but it is well like it's huge it's enormous mm. so there was that and contrasted with i think it was the the most people who have died in, at one go in the mediterranean the biggest tragedy yeah uh, i mean i'm assuming also that includes ancient times or the battle of the nile I don't, i'm not sure with people mm. really done the math Mm. But many, many people, women and children, dying in mm. the, the Mediterranean during Neptune's transit through Pisces has turned into a huge cemetery. It's quite extraordinary. Mm. Um, and you can't help feeling, I mean, imagining this, the hands reaching up from the deep yeah. and pulling people under. Mm. Mm. Um, especially now that Saturn's here. And Saturn is, of course, the lord of death he is you know father time he carries his scythe and he brings death death by water yeah 
Yeah, no, I mean, two very tragic events. And I just found it that, that, you know, the refugee disaster was just, it was like, let's just not talk about that. We'll talk about, you know, the one that's, you know, we want to put foreground. I mean, I just found that awful as well. I mean, very sad and tragic events, both of them, but just a real, you know, refugees, human beings. I mean, it was just wrong. It was just wrong that it was almost sort of, Pushed to one side, it felt like. Let's not talk about that. Let's not go there. And so, also, yeah. the other the other big thing about Neptune being in Pisces is that it's um, it has been remarkable how often there's a refugee story when yeah. that Neptune in Pisces bit has been highlighted. So when it's made aspects to Jupiter, for instance, mm-hmm. uh, we've seen lots of you know when it was opposite to Jupiter, we saw all the refugees coming. Uh, walking from Syria. Um, and I am sure that we will. And then we saw a whole bunch, a whole lot more when it made the conjunction to Jupiter. Um, so it is con- connected, not just with these tragic events in the ocean, but also to do with large movements of people. It seems to me mm-hmm. very fast mm-hmm. uh, migrations are yeah. somehow Neptune, you know, Neptune and Pisces, the board. And what is that? Why is that? You ask yourself. And that's because, this is the planet with no boundaries in the place of no boundaries. It's like the the borders don't count yeah. with and Pisces. Um, yeah. And also it's interesting that that Saturn is about boundaries, precisely about boundaries, yeah. um, but it's in the sign of no boundaries, right? Or borders. And yeah. these, tra- this, these tragedies happened at, at sort of border crossings, but you know, um, not the one on the Titanic, although you could say that's crossing the boundary between the earth and the water was that they were going too deep, you know, or maybe crossing the boundary of hubris. Um, Especially the Titanic has always been a symbol of hubris, hasn't it? Yeah. Supposedly the greatest ship, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. And then it, just drove straight into an iceberg. Mm. <laughs> Came up against a real boundary, didn't it? Yeah, Saturn, Saturnian. I, I mean, I don't know the um, astrology of the sinking of the Titanic, mm. um, but it must be something like that. I think the reason that's always been such a huge story, because other boats have sunk, um, but that one is such a huge story because it's such a story of human overreach. Yeah. Yeah, and now immortalised in the film. Yeah. Leonardo DiCaprio and Kate Winslet. I mean, you know, I think everybody's seen it, haven't they? <laughs> Huge not, blockbuster. Not one of my favourite movies. No. I'm rolling my eyes here. And that great actors somehow. Yeah. I'm not concerned. Except for okay. Billy Zane, who I really enjoyed in that, actually. Hmm. It is a it's a sob fest. It's a sob fest. And then I mean the other thing that's been going on, which again, this sort of was when Neptune turned retrograde later in the month, was um our water companies over here. Thames Water in particular suddenly looks like it might collapse. <laughs> Billions in debt. Um, so you know, more kind of um, talk about what's happening with water. And what I found interesting about this, having a look back, I mean, it was 1989 that the water companies were privatised in this country. And there was a Saturn-Neptune conjunction in Capricorn. So Saturn, you know, the government's bureaucracy, 
conjunct Neptune, god of the sea, in Capricorn, and privatization kicked in. And we're back now with Saturn and Neptune, both in Pisces, and they're going to meet for the first time since 1989 in the next couple of years. So they're both back, aren't they? I mean, are they going to collapse? Is this privatization going to be shown for the scandal it is? As these two planets, you know, again, are going to make their conjunction. Well, it's been, it's a very, I mean, and the privatization of English water, because Scottish water was not privatized in the same way. I'm not sure about Welsh water. Um, but the privatization of water was an incredibly ideological move. Um, you know, they, the Thatcher government had privatized many other things with less fuss, you know, British coal, whatever. Mm. Um, there was a lot of fuss about that too, because of, um, but with, but this actually didn't get through Parliament several times, and they finally pushed it through in 1989 because mm-hmm. it was so obvious to anyone thinking about it that you can't privatize a monopoly very successfully. Mm-hmm. So what they did was they broke it up into these different areas and sold it off. And um, it's been an absolute scandal for years mm-hmm. um, because – they, you know, I, I was reading about this Australian group, Macquarie, who are a huge investment group and own, I think they're the biggest owners of infrastructure around the world. Mm. And they bought, I think, South Southern Water. Anyway, they've had a couple of water companies that they buy, they uh, pump up the debt enormously. So they borrow huge amounts off the back of having this thing. They, uh, steal from the pension fund, they give money to their investors, and then they sell it on. And what I found interesting, I I actually read this, it's in the Financial Times, you know, uh, dissection of, it's called, um, it even is called something like the Macquarie Maneuver or something, because they've done it so many times. Um, It's piracy, Mm. which makes me again think of Neptune in Pisces. It's piracy. That's yeah. actually what they're doing. It's incredible to me that this is legal, um, that you're allowed to treat a pension <clears throat> pension fund like that, that you're allowed to pump up debt like that, um, and that there are no safeguards against this. And I think that's also very Piscean. And people you know, are realizing that this thing was privatized without proper regard to you know legal measures to keep people on the straight and narrow. Um, and this kind of worship that the that certain sectors of government have for privatization that they think the private sector is going to do a better job necessarily is is yeah. it's a fallacy. They may yeah. do a better job or they may not do a better job. Mm-hmm. It really depends on organization, not on um, ideology. Mm-hmm. It's going to be interesting to see what happens over the next year or so as Saturn and Neptune complete their journey through Pisces. Um, Well, the other part of this thing, I mean, of the water scandal in this country, is that our water is full of shit. Yep. That's that's the result of this privatization has come round at last. So they've stolen all this money. That's the financial side. But the practical side is that they've made no investment in our sewage and in our waterways or very little investment and the result is that is pollution and i think that's quite an interesting thing with neptune and pisces as well 
is this overwhelming wave of pollution that we're experiencing. Mm. Um, so for, I think we've talked about this before because we're both quite, as water signs, we're both quite obsessed <laughs> with the lack of cleanliness of our water. And yeah. Sally lives in Hastings on sea um, where stuff is barfed into the sea all the time. And I live on the Thames. Mm which is you know, Father Thames. It's a great, one of the great rivers of this country. And it was swimmable when we first moved here uh, 15 years ago, easily. Yeah. And my daughter used to swim in there until fairly recently, but it's just filthy, mm. it's filthy again. And, pe- and it, it was a famous example of a river that had been cleaned up because mm. it was really filthy in the 1950s and sixties. Then it was cleaned up and now it's yeah. become filthy again. Um, and it's the ecosystem as well, isn't it? It's the ecosystem of the rivers and seas that's being damaged, possibly irreversibly, if you know this isn't doesn't get hold of. So, I mean, it's just yeah, I'm 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 all with Fergal Sharkey, who's forever talking about it on Twitter, constantly retweeting what he's saying because it's like this something needs to happen, needs to change. Fergal Sharkey was the lead singer of the Undertones, and um a great campaigner for he's also fly fisher right now a campaigner for clean water here in england and it's interesting to me that he does these neptune these two very neptunian things one is trying to protect the water and the other one is singing yeah <laughs> he does music music and water that's his stuff that's his yeah. thing yeah um so we've been having a lot of piscean watery stuff in the last month yeah, we have. And then, I mean, obviously we're moving into Leo season, um, although Venus and Mars have been raising the heat in Leo. And also the other thing that's going on is crazy temperatures again, isn't it? Around, you know, fires breaking out, intense. I mean, probably in Southern Europe, the hottest temperatures ever. Um, yeah. So, you know, there's, there's, there's issues with water, there's issues with heat, Leo season, fire. And the floods. There have been floods all around the world. When there's, if it's not fire, it's flood at the moment. It's quite incredible. And people think there's not a problem with climate change. Yeah. Um, people still would argue against that. It's incredible. Um, but I think that um, the the fire has also, you know, there's been uh, Mars is no longer in um, Leo. Is mm. it, is it gone yet? No, it's gone. It's gone. It's in Virgo. It's in Virgo. But Mars. Venus, um, and now the sun in Leo. Plus, I have to say Lilith is in Leo, which is out of bounds behavior. And Mercury, Mercury in Leo. So it's been a, yeah. It's been a Leo fest. That's very fiery. I mean, and you could argue, oh, well, it's Leo season every year in August. But this season particularly, you know, it's not Leo season with Mars quite often. And the Leo season began really early this year because of um, the entry of Mars into Leo, which was ages ago, it was back way back in early June. It was in May, late May, yeah. And then um, Venus coming in early June as well. Then Venus came in, and then Venus is doing a retrograde, so she's not behaving like your normal Venus. She goes retrograde on the twenty third of um, July, but we're already well into that shadow period. It feels. I mean, she's actually been stationing on at the end of Leo since yeah. uh, mid July. Yeah. And yeah. She's, not her, she's not all kind of peace, peace, love and happiness when she's 
retrograde. No, she's not. She's a warrior, Venus. She's always, you know, that's she was a warrior woman, Venus in mythology. That often gets forgotten. Um, that you know, we think Venus is so sweet and kind, but she's warrior woman. So those Leos, what what are we thinking about the Leos then? I have to say, I've got to give you one really. You're going to go, oh, God. Um, There's been more Leo Love Island winners than any other star sign. Just. (laughs) (laughs) Horrified now. Um, Which I just read that recently. You know, Leo, the performer, likes to take center stage, show off. Um, So there we go. That's that's one bit of Leo trivia for you. Leo rules the heart as well. I have actually watched Love Island, so I'm not so speaking of it with with out of ignorance. Yeah, I have, one of my children loves Love Island, so yeah. I, I was about to say, if you've got a teenage daughter, at some point you will have it on constantly throughout the summer. So yeah, we can't miss out on that. Um, but yeah, the sign. I mean, it's the sign of royalty as well, isn't it? There's and and, and you often find an acting. I mean, you know, some great Leo actors. I mean, I love. Helen Mirren, I mean, who played the Queen, you know, they often end up in these royal um, roles. And also the other one I love is Elizabeth Moss, who's the lead in The the Handmaid's Tale. She was called the Queen of Peak TV because she's won so many Emmys, Emmys and Golden Globes. So there's this kind of regal edge to them as well, isn't it, the Leos? Yeah, and if, even if you haven't got the sun in Leo, you find that a lot of actors have, like, Venus in Leo or, you know, those are... Leo connection because it does rule it's about the theater isn't it yeah yeah you you need Leo to take center stage I mean you've got Leo ascendant my ruling planet Mars is in Leo and look at us we're doing a podcast and on video you've got to have some Leo I think to be able to to step up step forward it really helps doesn't it and we're coordinating an orange today which is accidental but there you go Um, orange color of the sun yeah Leo colors. Yeah. Leo colors. Yes. So, I mean, I think that the other thing that Leo, I find, you know, Leo and Venus together say luxury to me. Mm. And, you know, luxury stuff. And mm. I think that Venus in Leo retrograde may be about casting off some luxury. And by the way, one of the reasons we're really focusing on this quite a lot is that she's retrograde in Leo now from the 23rd of July until the 4th of September. Yes. So this is a very long period. And for the whole period that of, you know, that we're covering in this podcast, which is mm-hmm. uh, 20, is that Leo? 23rd, 23rd of July. It's in, incredible. Venus turns retrograde in Leo and, and not long after, I mean, it's about 20 minutes after the sun moves into Leo. So it's really part, Venus retrograde in Leo is really part of this Leo season. Yeah. Um, you know, it's been very interesting. Um, and I do think that there's something in here and it, all of the, shall we move into the month ahead? Yeah, let's, let's talk about Venus retrograde, I think, because it's, I'm it is. By the whole month, it's so fascinating. Mm-hmm. But all that Leo stuff makes a square, which is a hard aspect, which creates difficulty, but dynamism with Jupiter and Uranus in Taurus. So these are two major planets in Taurus, the sign of Venus, right? So that's the Venus ruled sign of Taurus. And these are about, these are both planets of liberation and um, 
change um, mm. in sign, uh, which is to do with Venusian things of money, beauty. Um, mm. And in this case of Taurus creature comforts, then you get Venus and Leo, and we're talking about um, uh, luxury, the luxurious side of that, because Leo stuff, Leo is royal. It's a luxurious sign. And I think that we are having a cost of living crisis. And this is about on a personal level. I think a lot of people will be thinking about what luxuries can I get rid of? Yeah. Simple. Okay. I agree. Yeah. I mean, Venus is square Jupiter three times square Uranus three times. I mean, during this season, there's a Venus Uranus square on August the 9th and a Venus Jupiter square on August the 27th, 22nd. When Venus is retrograde, so it is having to, you know, you, retrograde planets. You're having to rethink things. You're having to sort of review, reassess. And Venus is the planet that's about love. It's also the planet that's to do with money, and it's the planet to do with beauty as well. I have to say, I kind of um, because I want to have a a small tattoo done, which I've been wanting to do for some time, and. The, there's a tattoo artist that I like who had a flash sale on and I was all gung-ho for booking it. Then I realized it was going to be when Venus was retrograde. And I thought, hang on a minute, yeah. <laughs> astrologer, don't do that. I'll probably regret it. So I've got back to her and said, I'll get back to you in September. We'll discuss it again then. I just thought, no, you know, it's not the time to be doing it. Uh, you don't want Mercury retrograde either with that. No. Well, Virgo is kind of good because... You know, Mercury in Virgo is kind of good, and the Sun in Virgo will be kind of good because those are about precision and detail and being cra- and good craftsmanship. Yes, so it's after September the fifteenth, actually, that I can do it. I would, you know, and I would do it when Venus is in Virgo myself if I were going to do that because okay. it's very good for craft. Yeah, true. Um, um, so, for anyone else wanting to have a tattoo done, you know, think timing. Yeah like that i mean that would be not till october actually yeah yeah you know if you're going to get stuck with this thing permanently you want to make a very good decision about timing Mm. Mm. Uh, yes so uh, where were we going with this oh venus had to do with beauty it's interesting yeah i wonder if there's going to be a lot of oh my god i really regret that plastic surgery i had uh, with this Venus retrograde, you know. Well, it is. It is. I mean, when anyone asks, that Venus retrograde is really not the time to do it. You know, it's not the time to do it. It's only once every eighteen months that it comes around, so you've got plenty of time to do it. But just don't do it now. And also, you know, it's going to be interesting for relationships. I already, you know, I've got some uh, friends who are kind of questioning relationships. Let's put it that way. Um, you know, so so rather than when Venus is retrograde, it's not a time to make the big decisions, but maybe take a step back, think about what you want and need when it comes to love, slow the pace down and use the Venus retrograde to kind of explore and inquire what you what you need and want when it comes to love and relationships. Um, but, yeah, it's often taking a step back, isn't it? And I would say particularly, you know, Libra Taurus, which is, who are ruled by Venus, you mm. know, definitely, even though it's um, not exactly in a relationship part of the sky for them, but still, you know, this is going to be probably affect them more, you know, Venus, um, Libra and Taurus, you're ruled by Venus. Yeah. And when Venus goes retrograde, you may, 
just generally want to take a little step back, want to take care of, do a lot of self-care, allow yourself to go into the dungeon, which you kind of need to do every now and then. Mm. Uh, Give yourself a kind of a a break from, Mm. you know, having to do stuff. Um, And also you may be reassessing relationships. I agree with that. And I think in this case, it's particularly so because the nodes have moved, the nodes have shifted. Um, And the nodes have shifted from Taurus Scorpio, where they were until the mid-July, and they had been for 18 months, into Libra Aries. Mm. And Libra is, so now Venus is ruling the south node, which is about letting go quite often with the south Mm. node, or publishing, you know, if you're publishing your romance novel, now's the time you should be polishing it. Um, It's like about, it's the point of dissemination, or letting or, and letting go is the is the simple way of putting it, but dissemination can also mean throwing the seeds out into the universe, right? Yeah. And that is now in Libra, which is the sign of relationships for everyone. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, but I think that this um, Venus retrograde will be particularly affecting those uh, Librans, actually. Yeah. Yeah, I do. And I think it's, you know, having the North Node in Aries, South Node in Libra is a time to, you know, think about putting yourself first in relationships, where you're getting lost in relationship, which I think is something that can happen a lot, losing, you know, one's identity if you become too closely kind of connected with someone. And it's a similar, you know, there's, I think it was interesting again with Venus turning retrograde in Leo and then the sun moving into Leo. That seems to me to be a similar theme. It's a reminder that, you know, you've got to put yourself first. You've got to make sure, you know, you've got to find your happiness within yourself before finding it within a relationship. It's a real kind of, you know, it's a know thyself, isn't it? It's the Oracle in Delphi where I went in February, know thyself. It's, I think the astrology this month is about finding yourself again, finding what gives you happiness, what what you love and having that coming from you, coming from, you know, your heart and you rather than trying to find it in the other. It seems like a very common theme moving forwards and particularly for Leo and Aquarius, I would say, you know, with this, um, you know, with that opposite axis of Leo and Aquarius. Yeah, and it's interesting, actually. And I think there's another you could also I agree with that completely. And there's another way of looking at it, too, in terms of love, which is opening your heart to love. If you yeah. close, opening yourself to relationships, because, um, you know, a lot of us go through life closing ourselves to relationships and not just yeah. just experimenting, you know, yeah. again, it's that dissemination thing. Throw your seeds onto the, you know, onto the water, scatter your seeds in the in the in the God, where's my metaphor gone? You know what I mean? <laughs> Spread it about a bit, guys. Um, but, you know, seed throwing going on. <laughs> go on dates, basically. If you're if you're go on a lot of dates, if you're especially if you're like a Libra, you know, yeah. be free to experiment. Don't stop. Don't be clenched. Unclenched. Yeah, yeah, and that's you know that is. I think that's interesting too. I mean, someone who now lives on, you know, I live on my own, work on my own. And it's, you you need human connection. You know, being on your own too much just isn't good for you. 
Um, so Aries ascendant again with all this going on in Leo, it is, you know, entertainment, dates, connection. Um, it's having fun as well. Um, wouldn't you say that one of the things about a Venus retrograde is often to reconnect socially? Yeah. Um, you know, that's a, it's an old cliche, but it's a good one that you connect with, you know, you, you reaffirm some social connections and you also drop some people. I mean, that's also often the case with Venus retrograde. Yeah. yeah. I mean, interesting. Cause you know, I've just gone back home. I went up to Blackpool, mm-hmm. um, which is where I'm from in the Lake district. I stayed with, this was in the shadow of Venus retrograde. I mean, literally just before this podcast, Stayed with an old, old, old friend of mine who I knew as a teenager. So there was that reconnection. And then Blackpool is, it's a Leo city, which isn't surprising because, you know, the city of a thousand dreams. I mean, it's just constant. It's entertainment. It's fun. And I did think, wow, this is really the right thing to be doing at this time in cancer season when the sun was in cancer and Venus getting ready to turn retrograde in Leo. It was that, you know, and it was lovely to go back and, and, and make that kind of reconnection as well. Perfect. Feel very invigorated and revitalized by doing it as well. Yeah, I'm going to be seeing someone I haven't seen since I was 15 on the day that Venus turns retrograde, which I'm very excited by. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, In Switzerland. So she's been there all along, lurking around. Um, and and that's you know I think Venus retrograde in Leo as well is a time to do more of what you love it's like have fun go on holiday hang out reconnect with your kids or people you knew as a child this is that's the positive side of this Venus retrograde it is lovely on some way in Leo isn't it yes you know some relationships can go tits up and take a step back but there's there's enjoyment to be had in it as well and go deeper into the enjoyment you know yeah. and also i think you know for certain people there's no question that a venus retrograde can deepen a relationship yeah you get more involved you go deeper you go down to another layer yeah. or you may be having a secret affair of course that's the venus retrograde thing yeah. um but it's literally a, a an underground affair especially i think interestingly with aries rising that can that looks like the case with a retrograde in Leo, mm-hmm. um, but and also what it also means because of the retrograde is that for certain signs you're going to be having Venus transits for a, a long time this year, and that's in itself that is quite lucky, mm-hmm. and that would be Sagittarius, Aries, and Leo in particular yeah. are getting that fiery Venus. And it's a good thing. Mm. Yeah, um, she's it's the, the, the lesser benefic. Mm. Jupiter is the greater benefic, the best planet. Venus is the second best, so to speak. So, yeah, lovely things can come via Venus for sure. Especially things to do with, you know, all the, the, what we've mentioned with love and um, money, et cetera. Uh, you may also find it's a, it's a finding money in the attic kind of um or finding that your painting is actually worth a lot of money. Don't mm. go fogging your granny's um, uh, knitting connect collection just yet, because it's probably, it may turn out to be worth more than you thought. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's a real thing with Venus retrograde is bargain. People, some people will be finding 
bargains of secondhand stuff, yep. old things, and some people will be losing money. Yeah. I, I keep on thinking to myself, speaking of all this, uh, all that stuff in water and this Venus retrograde, I keep on thinking, turn off the dripping taps. Yeah. Venus retrograde in terms of cash. Mm-hmm. Cash spending. What are yeah. the dripping taps? And yeah. this is a really, really good time to do that. And if you think of that in terms of money, but then also emotionally, turn off those dripping taps as well. Those things that are just draining you little, little, little. Um, mm-hmm. Social dripping taps. Mm. That's the thing. Mm. Yeah, nice analogy. I like that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, should we have a look at the um, the first lunation coming up? Because, I mean, we can talk a bit more um, about Venus as we go along because it's she's so important. But we've got a new moon and a full moon taking place. I think it's the full moon that comes first this month, isn't it? On August the 1st, Um, moon in Aquarius, sun in Leo, opposite the sun in Leo. Um, Yeah, because both the the full and new moon this month, they're sort of pulling in these big themes, particularly um, the Jupiter, what's going on with Jupiter and Uranus in Taurus, the money sign. And just to say that, you know, next year, in April 2024, there will be a Jupiter-Uranus conjunction, which takes place once every 14 years, which, you know, we're heading towards that now with those two planets in the the money star sign. Um, So that's going to be interesting to see what goes on around then. But there's something about the astrology now that we're perhaps getting some ideas what this is going to be about, maybe on a personal level, perhaps also collectively. Um, and this full moon on August the 1st, I mean, the sun and moon are both at nine degrees of Leo and Aquarius. And Jupiter is at 13 Taurus. So there's, that's the T-square that's going on. This full moon really, really is triggered by, by Jupiter as well. Which is, you know, this Jupiter squares can be fun, over the top, hedonistic. You know, again, there's this sense of, wow, let's get out there and have a good time. Um, and full moons are a time of celebration. So, you know, do something special on or around this full moon. Yeah, I think it's a, a big one, actually. Mm. There's just a sense of exuberance about this full moon and, you know, joyfulness, especially for, you know, Leos themselves who are having quite a, um, you know, a torrid time in some ways. They're having a, um, there's so much happening for Leos. There's so many things starting and finishing. So I think Leos, I think Taurus also, you know, this feeling of like, just let it all hang out at the full moon. Let it, let it explode. Um, mm-hmm. All Aquarians, you know, this is your full moon on the 1st of August is the full moon is in Aquarius. You only get it once this year. Um Normally we only get it once a year as well, but this is your full moon and it's, it's a party because, you know, Aquarius is also the, the sign of, of connection with other people, with groups. Yeah. Um, so I think it would be an ideal full moon to be in, in a group. Um, mm. Mm. Or possibly for Aquarius getting, you know, getting together with family as well with uh, Taurus is your family home sector, opening up your home, you know, having a big party around yours or reconnecting with the clan, with the tribe, 
um, during this full moon for Aquarius. Yeah. And full, you know, for, for Taurus, the, the full moon itself is actually in your career sector. So there may be, you know, some kind of, you know, an office party. There may be some kind of bonus thing happening to do with your career, your public, um, or your public. Interesting enough, literally your public. Um, yeah. But also, um, yeah. So I also, I have to say, I like this form. I think it's interesting the way it, it's, um, it hooks up with, the air signs as well, who, who are kind of, there's not much in air at the moment. Um, and it's nice that there's a full sort of full moon in air. So mm. the air signs are all floating around and then this full moon happens and it brings something to a kind of point. Yeah. Yeah. And Virgo, that's, I mean, the star sign Virgo is kicking in, isn't it? During this full moon already because Mercury has moved into Virgo. Um, which happens towards the end of July, on the 28th of July. Mercury is going to be in Virgo for an unusually long time because Mercury will turn retrograde on the 23rd of August. Um, So Mercury and Virgo are star sign it likes. I mean, there's precision there. Joining Mars in Virgo, I mean, you already talked a bit about um, Virgo, the sort of craft design side of it. Um, But there's a lot going on in Virgo so, yeah, I kind of wonder as well what's happening for for the Virgos. You know, this Venus, when you were talking about affairs, this Venus retrograde is in a very private, secretive sector. So it could be something going on on that side, something you're working on that's a bit secretive or a bit hidden. Um, and the moon in Aquarius in your work and health sector, too. So there could be some project that you're getting your head down, writing project or creative project as well and that's another thing that the venus retrograde in leo is good for isn't it to lose yourself in a creative project you know blank out your diary so you've got this time just to dive in deep to something and and bring something new into being as well another way that the venus retrograde in leo could play out i'm just thinking about a a very dear virgo friend of mine who is moving house of course with Mm -hmm. mars in virgo um, Mars, when Mars goes into your sign, you often will do some kind of very active house move or something like that. But she's moving into a haunted house. <laughs> Hence, you know, and so it's interesting that she's got all that 12th sa- the stuff in Leo is in this hidden place of haunting, actually. Um, mm. And I also think that, and, and cl- also is the Venus retrograde. I mean, she's going to have to do something about the haunting, I think, um, which also is quite a good thing to do with Venus retrograde because Venus is going into the underworld to go and bring some light because this is a sort of Leo underworld. She's carrying a torch down like um, Vasilisa the Beautiful does to Baba Yaga's house, you know? Um, So yes, I'm thinking about my Virgo friend who's going to have to do that in August and she's going to have to be very brave, which is okay because she's got Mars in Virgo and we Mm. have a long Virgo season in the same way that we had a long Leo season mm. because of Mars going in early and then being followed by a retrograde by a smaller, another planet. Mm. Um, so this, that's It prolongs the season. And it does mean that that cancer just got a sort of blip this year. There's just a little bit of cancer season, but it's been overlapped on both sides, uh, on this side by this long, by um, uh, 
everything rush, rushing into Leo and then going into Virgo as well. Yeah, and I mean, just kind of, you know, thinking about um, Cancer, also Capricorn perhaps, I mean, it's, you know, you've got Venus retrograde in money sectors of your chart, both of you. So I think for both those star signs, you know, this 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 period is a good time to reassess finances, to review finances, look at what you're spending. I mean, that's quite a theme for everyone, as we've discussed already with the Venus um, retrograde square, Jupiter and Uranus in Taurus. But particularly, I think for those two star signs, that's an area for review um, during this Venus retrograde for sure. And not always bad. I mean, I noticed that in the States, uh, Biden has forgiven all this, a lot of student debt. Yes. Which is going to have a big impact for a lot of people. Very, very helpful. Thank you very much. Yeah. I think that's, you know, partly this Venus retrograde uh, making this square um, it, to Jupiter and Uranus, which are these planets of liberation. There, there's liberation from debt for some people. Yeah, and as you said earlier, Venus um, before before the podcast when we were talking, Leo is the star sign of children. Yeah. So you know it is around sort of children, younger generation. That's a lovely way that this is playing out. But also for some people, it would be a time to, you know, reconsider spending finances on your children as well. I think in here in. Um, you know, there's in, in England, the student loans are changing and it's going to make it more difficult, to, I think, for some kids to be going to uni. So I'm sure some people will be looking at that as well over this summer period. Well, and also as results come in in this country. Yeah. I think with Mercury retrograde and Venus retrograde, results are I can't remember, the mid-August at some point. Mm. But in the shadow of the Mercury retrograde already, which begins at the beginning of August, pretty much. Yeah, it does. It'll have a Venus retrograde. I can see that maybe quite a lot of people are not going to get what things are not going to turn out how people expect. Yeah. Um, and that's, again, that's to do with the youth, young people. Mm. Um, mm. And Virgo is all, all about exams, really, you know, about tests and uh, measurement. It's a sign, one of the signs of measurement. Yeah. Um, so people will be having to reassess their plans for what they're doing next year. Yeah. And I think it's a big theme of the summer. You know, yeah. don't expect things to work out the way you thought they were going to. I mean, it's, it's really, it's a, you know, it's a time to be quite flexible, quite spontaneous, um, you know, look at what's possible, what's not. This this it's it's quite this it's quite extraordinary to have this sort of retrograde theme now running through for the next couple of months. Well, and it's also interesting. We the beginning of this year, which we talked about, we talked about it at the beginning of this year. There was a huge long run of many months where everything was direct, which is actually quite unusual in astrology to have everything going direct. And mm. now we've got one, two, three, four five planets in retrograde, including Chiron, um, five planets retrograde. And I think Uranus will be going retrograde sometime in August, won't it? Um, so we're getting into this much more thing. The breaks are coming on, you know, and the readjustments after the helter-skelter of earlier in the year, the readjustments are happening now. Yeah, yeah. I would say the corrections. The yeah. Corrections are happening now. 
And it's, you know, corrections are a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. Both Uranus and Jupiter will turn retrograde during Virgo season. Yeah. Uh, so August, September. So, yeah, real retrograde theme. Time to, you know, put on the brakes, slow down. Often with retrogrades, it's really good to get a different perspective on things. Um, you know, and also I'd say that particularly for Sagittarius, also maybe Gemini, take yourself off somewhere different so you can get a different perspective. Look at things, you know, um, outside of the box. Do some lateral thinking as well. Mm. Mm. Um, so do you want to look at the full at the new moon? Should yeah, let's look at look at the new moon too. Um which takes place on takes place on August the 16th, obviously in Leo, as it's Leo season. And just to say that a few days before that, there is the Sun-Venus conjunction in Leo, and that takes place on August the 13th. So Sun conjunct Venus retrograde, August the 13th, and that's exactly halfway through the the retrograde phase. And that can sometimes, things can shift then. There can be, you know, a, a, a new insight or a new way of looking at things. Venus is really close to the sun that brings light, illumination, clarity. So you may get some insight about what's going on around love, money in particular, during that, that conjunction. And they're still at the new moon. I mean, the sun and moon are 23 degrees Leo. Venus is retrograde at 18 degrees Leo. So some insight that comes in on 13th of August, you may want to, you know, reassess, start something new in a way, look at things from a different perspective on this new moon on the 16th of August. Yeah, it's kind of an extraordinary little run there, isn't it? So there's the new moon, then, um, sorry, there's the Sun-Venus conjunction, the new moon, and then Venus um, squares Jupiter um, in that mid just before mm. one changes signs, essentially. Mm. There's quite a lot of reassessment there. And the new moon is, that's what it's about. It's about that sun, uh, Venus retrograde conjunction. Mm. And also the sun at the, um, on the, you know, at the new moon, that actually squares Uranus, doesn't it? In Taurus. Exactly. So, exactly. Uranus is at 23 Taurus. Yeah. And it all, it all, it's a big glob of change, in yeah. fact, and yeah. deciding to make some change. And I think one of the things the sort of, I think the sort of general advice with this month is to see what happens and go with, go with the change, you mm. know, not make any drastic decisions. You may have to make some. Mm. And I think things will start to become clear after the 13th of August and mm-hmm. at that new um, yeah, yeah, it's not drastic change, but it is reorient your compass, isn't it? It's kind of, you know. It's reorient your compass and be prepared for drastic change, I think, as well. Yeah, yeah. It's that all this stuff squaring Uranus does is does suggest, you know, uh, it's a catalyst, you know, Uranus is a catalyst mm. kind of turning point here. Mm. A mm. lot of people. Um, and again, I think, you know, the obvious um, kind of, what's the word, analogy, the obvious sort of thing is is partly, you know, we talk about these exams for students, the results coming out. 
and having to change your plans. And I actually think that's quite clearly written in the stars around that mid, because that's exactly when they're all coming out, all these results. Mm. And interesting, this new moon, just thinking for Scorpio and Pisces. I mean, it's for Scorpio, it's your career vocation sector. And for Pisces, it's it's your work sector. So for the water signs in particular, including cancer, probably, you know, yeah. it's time to look at the basics of life. It's time to look at, you know, the work and money and and the practical stuff as well. And maybe getting fresh insights around that. Um, so, yeah, it's quite an interesting one um, for both those. And, and, and also Mars in, you know, this Virgo energy. You know, it's, it's interesting. There's. Whatever's going on in Leo is clashing with Jupiter and Uranus in Taurus. But those planets in Virgo, Mercury and Mars are making nice aspects to Jupiter and Taurus. So there is some kind of trying to keep things steady, um, you know, looking at looking at the long term picture, maybe looking at the practicalities, working things out during this retrograde phase. And, you know, you could say um, I'm not saying that Leos are all egotistical, but it is the sign of ego. You yeah. Know? And uh, New Moon is the dark of the moon. Also, just for uh, the, those of you who follow Lilith, Lilith makes an exact conjunction to this uh, New Moon. So this mm-hmm. is the Black Moon Lilith at the dark of the moon. This is incredibly witchy moon. And I think there's something quite witchy about Leo anyway. This is a very powerful moon in Mm. terms of i don't like to use the word sort of dark energy but in terms of connecting to wild energy i think yeah Yeah. being not how you expect at all because that's a very lilith thing so what we have looking at this lineup we've got venus sun moon lilith in a very tight conjunction and that's venus retrograde which is also a dark feminine energy i mean as you know i I kind of get worried about sort of gendering things too much but seriously this is there's something about this that is extremely kind of potent um if you're wanting to reach deeper um there's a kind of it's very kind of sexy i think actually this this new man there's something about it that there's a sort of um the old and there's something also in here about breaking taboos going somewhere where you know without fear mm. Mm. and the the word that keeps coming to mind for me while you're talking is magician yeah something magical about this new moon and that is you know, I kind of think it fits with the the Venus going retrograde. Um, you know, she's warrior woman, Venus in mythology, and that often gets forgotten. You know, and she goes down into the depths, and that's where the hidden riches are. And it is often, it's said that during that midpoint, which is August the 13th, she then starts to gather strength. She's going to emerge stronger and more powerful and ready to kind of go back out into the world, which will come in, you know, September. So there's something magical about that something that's sort of gathering or collecting um and and exactly what you're saying it's a potent energy isn't it it's very creative incredibly creative what's sort of growing being sourced as well during this new moon it's really prolific i mean one of the things 
I mean, this new moon is precisely um, squaring that Uranus and Taurus. It's mm. exact. And mm. that's the magician is that Uranus and Taurus is the Uranian energy is the magician energy, mm. and, but it's, ca- it's coming up against this dark, you know, this magical thing. So the magician is the conjurer is the, is the magician in the tarot cards, right. With the many, you know, the, the, uh, um, the dexterous, the juggler, this is all kind of Uranian stuff. The person who, who gets fire from the mountain, right. It's Promethean energy. Mm into contact with that um new moon it would be if it weren't for the venus retrograde i would say it'd be an incredible time to kind of launch something a few days later yeah but so i think if you were launching something like you know a, a witchcraft channel or something like that that would work quite well even though it's a venus retrograde mm. about getting going deeper you know, and it's about bringing out something that has been hidden or suppressed. That's where I'm going, getting from this actually now is that release of something suppressed happens yeah. after this new moon, right? So it won't be on, it might not be on the day. It'll be like the day after the release of something suppressed. And that can be something very, very creative. Mm. Um, mm. Uh, so I yeah. think it's a really, really exciting new moon. Actually. Yeah. And a really good time to be working on something in private, kind of honing it, growing it. Um, but yeah, I don't think launching it, I really don't think launching it, uh, you know, because of Venus retrograde and then Mercury in its shadow and Mercury turns retrograde on the 23rd of August. You know, it's, it's, there's, there's going to be some delay or something and you're better off waiting actually till September the 15th, mid September. Venus turns direct September the 4th, Mercury turns direct September the 15th. That would be the date to to kind of get ready to to put out your masterpiece or or launch that something. But you have the ideas at this point. Yeah. I agree about not launching it because of the, the retrogrades, which is a pity because if it weren't for the retrogrades, I would be saying that's an incredibly potent new moon to be starting something just after. Um, and it may be something internal. I mean, this is the other thing is that we always sort of think, oh, launching a, I don't know, podcast, right? Mm-hmm. But maybe it's some something, an internal seed that you're, that you start. Yeah. So although you're not launching something, you're writing the first lines of your epic poem in yeah. praise of the mother goddess or whatever that you're digging around in there in this creative manure. You know, mm. creative. Well, maybe manure, maybe soil. Yeah, but, soil. Fertile. It's fertile. It's well, fertile. Manure is more of a sort of Scorpio metaphor. Yeah. Soil is more of a Taurian metaphor. So it is like in the soil. There's yeah. Um, and it, it's alchemy, actually, isn't it? It's yeah. turning, you know, something base into something gold almost with this this leo analogy there it's well, it's an alchemical moment the leo um taurus energy because leo is gold and taurus is earth right mm-hmm. so it's turning base metal into gold actually yeah. i mean there is a dangerous element to this i think not necessarily personally but i would you know there is a kind of war warlike feel i mean the other thing that's happening is that Mercury and Mars are getting closer and closer. They're working together um, 
in Virgo and Mars is the god of war. And there's something pretty warlike about that Venus retrograde. Mm. Also about Lilith, you know. Um, so we'll, we could, you know, watch the news for that too. And also the fact that the node, the north node is now in Aries. Yeah. Uh, which yes. is the sign, a sign of war. Yeah. Who or what is gathering power behind the scenes? It's the time to be a bit. And again, with retrograde planets, that's, you know, it's be savvy, listen to, read between the lines, um, you know, pay attention to the detail as well. Don't, don't be, you know, don't miss out on things as well. Um, it's an exciting month, Christina. It's a very, I would say it's a potent powerful potent powerful that's just that's just tautological isn't it it's a potent month where there is magic but and where being practical is useful yeah you put don't be rushed into anything work on the craft of it and Mm -hmm. take time off you know i know that's a dumb thing to say in august of course you should take time off but you know really really think about what that venus retrograde in leo means yeah let go you know and mm. you don't have to do a luxury holiday just mm. chill out chill out yeah chill out. and don't expect everything to go according to plan be willing to you know shift direction reorient your compass as well during this month ahead. I think that's going to be really important to come to come through this, this quite retrograde phase that we're going on. And notice, yes. you know, look beneath the surface what's hidden as well. Things don't will not go according to plan. Yeah. So you may have to have plans A, B, C, and D. Yeah. And F. Yeah. Yeah. All righty. Okay. Great. Take care, everybody. We'll see you next month. Yeah. Bye. Bye.